0: The prophet Isaiah wrote these words centuries ago. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Advent is here. The Christmas season is now upon us. Uh, Trees are going up, lights are going up, decorations are going up, and the hustle and bustle of the holiday season is kicking up into full swing. Last Sunday uh, afternoon, the Stauffer family decided to get a jump on things, and so we headed out to the tree lot. I won't tell you which one, but we were going to find the perfect Christmas tree, and we got to the tree lot, and Within five minutes, we had found the perfect tree. It was beautiful. It was full. It looked great. And, and then the tree light guy walked over, and I said, how much does this tree cost? And he said, $325. <laughs> Get in the car, kids. We're going to another lot. <laughs> in the church, there are four virtues that we lift up during the Advent season. Today, it's hope. Next week, it's peace. Joy, and then love. Hope, in a world that often feels hopeless and full of bad news. Peace, in a world of noise and distractions, war and violence, hostility and anger. Joy, in a world that can become repetitive and mundane. And and love, in a world where many feel lonely and ignored, isolated, and underappreciated. I've told you before that Megan and I love uh, getting Christmas cards during uh, this season. Send us one if uh, if you haven't already. Uh, we've lived in lots of different places. We met in Nashville, but between the two of us, we've lived all over the place. So Memphis and Charlottesville and Baltimore and Princeton and New York and uh, Augusta, Georgia. And the list continues. And so, getting to keep up with people that you don't see or talk to on a regular basis is a wonderful thing. Getting to see babies that have been born and children that are growing up—it's—it's uh, uh, it's amazing. But Behind the smiles, and behind the matching outfits, and behind the messages of peace on earth, goodwill to all, we know that there are lots of things that can happen in a year's time. There's hurt, and there's pain, and there's divorce, and there's addiction, and there's sadness. And so Christmas cards bring cheerful greetings, but usually we know that there is more to the story. Sometimes people will include a piece of paper with their card and will tell you what they've been up to the past year. Sometimes it's a little too much, to be honest, but they'll say, this is what our family's been doing, and this is what the kids are, are doing. But um, imagine if you got a card from a relative in Houston that said this, Merry Christmas. We've lived in this city our entire lives, but this year we lost our home to flooding. All the stuff is gone. All the pictures are gone. The wedding albums are gone. The children's toys are gone. The house is gutted. But at least we are safe and at least we have each other. Or a card like this, Merry Christmas. Our daughter, Car- our daughter Candace took a trip to Las Vegas to get a weekend away from being a busy single mother of three. And as you know, she loved country music and she decided to stay an extra night to hear her favorite artist, Jason Aldean. And we miss her and we love her. But this Christmas, our grandkids don't have a mom and we don't have a daughter. Or this, Merry Christmas, somebody walked into our church a month ago and killed 26 people We really don't understand why we lost family members, we lost close friends, and we're trying to hold it together and keep hope alive. What if you got a Christmas card from somebody who just told the truth? Who was honest about their struggles, honest about their pain, their depression, their cancer, honest about the fact that they don't really feel like celebrating Christmas this year? How would you respond? You see, this is why we need Christmas. We need Christmas because we need the hope that Jesus Christ brings into our world and into our hearts. We need Christmas because we need each other when terrible things happen. We need Christmas because we're tired of turning on the TV and seeing the incivility and the sexual harassment suits and the name-calling and the nuclear threats because, you know, over time, we become uh, desensitized to it and paralyzed by fear, We need Christmas in our lives for all these reasons and for many, many more. So today, we light the candle of hope. What is hope? What does it mean to live in hope? One of my theology professors said, Christian hope does not close our eyes to the suffering of the world. On the contrary, Christians believe that God cherishes the world, has created and redeemed it, and wills to have abiding communion with it. If we hope in life after death, then we cannot be indifferent to the suffering of life before death. He said Christians are to proclaim the gospel and work with imagination and energy for the realization of many little hopes, for more justice, and for more peace, for more compassion in our families, in our communities, in our churches, in our nation, and in our relationships. Tony Jarvis, who was the uh, headmaster of Roxbury Latin, said this about hope. He said, hope is not optimism. Hope is not a put on a happy smile, everything will be all right attitude. Hope is not a glib cheerfulness. It has nothing to do with pie in the sky. Hope begins with a stark analysis of how things really are. Hope starts with the realization that life is filled with tribulation, and things do go wrong. Hope is realistic. It recognizes that life is hard, it's unjust, it's dangerous. It ends up for us in death, but hope finds a reason to live and the motivation to live well in the midst of these realities. Hope recognizes that we are weak and vulnerable and that we need help from a source beyond ourselves. That is the source that we call God. And then there was an article written by a Harvard psychiatrist years ago a man by the name of Armin Nikolai Jr. And the article was titled Hope in a Secular Age. And I find myself coming back to this quote over and over again because this is what Nikolai says. He says, the cause of despondency in many today is an awareness of a gap between what they think they ought to be and what they feel that they are. There is a discrepancy between an ideal that they hold for themselves and an acute awareness of how far short they fall from that ideal. You see, many people are hopeless because they want their lives to be here, but they realize that their lives are here, and they have a really hard time with it because they are severely disappointed and let down. But some of the best words of hope come from the Apostle Paul in Romans. Where Paul says, we boast in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint. So let me ask you the question again, what is hope? And how do we live our lives in hope? First, I would say that hope is the steadfast belief that God is still at work in your life and God is still at work in this world. And no matter what has happened, no matter what you have gone through, no matter how bad things may get, hope keeps us looking forward. We can experience all kinds of terrible things, but hope reminds us that better days are ahead. Frederick Watts was a 19th century Victorian painter and he painted this one piece that now hangs at a museum in London and it's called Hope. And it depicts a beautiful woman sitting on the top of a globe and she's blindfolded and she holds in her hand a lute and she she plays one string because all the other strings are broken. She plays one string triumphant over the world's sin and sorrow, pain and disaster, and that is what hope is. It gives you a feeling of inner peace and security and joy in life no matter what is going on and no matter what you're going through. And hope believes that God is still at work in our lives and in this world. The second thing that I would say, and I've been thinking about this a lot in recent weeks, but living in hope is the opposite of living in fear. I really do believe that there are two basic ways that we can live life, and to a large degree, it's a a choice. And of course, there are shades of both of these. The first I would describe as the way of fear. It's where life is a burden, and people always let you down, and nothing is ever good enough, and life is unfair, and this approach is grounded in cynicism and negativity and pessimism and disappointment and fear becomes the dominating emotion, and anxiety seems to rule the day. There's always somebody out to get you or somebody out to screw you over or to hurt you or to take what you have. And with this approach, you never get the credit or the recognition you deserve and you take your blessings for granted and you develop a sense of entitlement and you complain often and you point your finger at other people because they're always the the source of your problems. This type of choice is really good at playing the victim and fighting change. And to be honest... This can be and is a very miserable way to live. The second way is the way of hope. And with this approach, life is exciting and life is an adventure, and others do not control you. Joy is found in the small things, nothing is taken for granted, and every day is viewed as a, as a gift, as an opportunity. You don't get bogged down with the past or become obsessed over the future. People who live this way learn to count their blessings. And and Thanksgiving is not just a holiday once a year. It's a way of life. It's a way of being. And the fruits of the Spirit are important. Things like patience and kindness and gentleness and generosity and self-control. You see, this approach, this living in hope, tries to make the most out of any situation. This approach involves a healthy recognition that many things are out of our control, and that's perfectly okay. But this second approach to life is one of—it's one that generates warmth and compassion and a sense of, of being real and authentic. And fear is kept in check. And, and there's steps taken to reduce anxiety and stress. And experiencing inner peace becomes really important, and we're going to talk about that next Sunday. These are the folks that serve and they give back and they move beyond narcissism and selfishness to where they they really exist to help other people. I think that living in hope is a choice that we make and it's a healthy choice, but there are way too many people in our world that are living in fear and they're miserable. Lastly, I would say this. Hope reminds us that the darkness never lasts. Or as John writes so eloquently in the fourth gospel, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. You know, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Matthew tells us in his gospel that it was a world of poverty, heavy taxes, Tyrannical rulers like Herod were putting babies to death. In fact, if you read the account, it says that he, he went to the wise men and said, go and find this baby and tell me where he is so that I too can come and worship him. Well, he didn't want to worship baby Jesus. He wanted to kill him. Herod lived in fear. He viewed the baby as being a threat to his crown. The literature of that time says that the Israelite people lived with little hope of the future. One writer even said that the world was perishing and rotting and decaying and reaching its end. And so it's no wonder that in foretelling the birth of Christ, the prophet Isaiah writes these words. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Are you tired of walking in darkness? There's still a lot of people walking in darkness. The darkness of depression, the darkness of addiction, the darkness of divorce, the darkness of loneliness, the darkness of worry and fear, the darkness of financial struggles, the darkness of unemployment, the darkness of cancer and terminal illness. Advent is all about the coming of Christ into the world and into our hearts. And Jesus Christ is and always will be the hope of the world. And it's on that hope that our Christian faith is founded and sustained. And Christmas reminds us that God is real. And God loves us so much that God came into this world, he entered into this world as a human being, as one of us. And there is nothing in life or in death that can separate us from God. Nothing. Amen.